LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid, practical, gospel-centered ministry to each week. Wow. I just added that little little ad-lib there. Oh, that's going to catch on. Scott's catchphrase. (laughs) Scott's catchphrase. What would your catchphrase be, Scott? It's chat soon. It's chat soon. It's chat soon, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And and Maddie Maddie doesn't like me saying g'day. She really struggles that that's scripted in the the script, g'day. What does she want you to say? Look, hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. So polite. She's She's so polite. I like g'day. G'day's kind of, you know, you can use that at any point in time of the day. Now, the one thing is brought to you with thanks to the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. Over the past 10 years, we've supported over 100 church plants. And over the next 10 years, we want to see a further 200 church plants supported. A a massive goal. We're going to need the whole church across Australia to be thinking about raising up new congregations, starting new plants, uh, if we want to see uh, this goal reached. So start thinking and planning in your church. But for now, you press play on another episode of The One Thing. Refresh your staff meetings, part two. So last time we heard from Mike Sams and we heard from Ray Galea and we started pushing into uh, a few aspects of uh, staff meetings. So key questions to ask. And also, what do you do when you actually don't have a staff team? What do you do when you've got uh, a launch team or a core group of uh, volunteer leaders? In this episode, we're going to hear from John Rumble. Uh, John is uh, the exec pastor at Providence Church in Perth, a multi-site church, one church in three locations and a fourth location, uh, you know, just launched recently. Uh, Let's have a listen to uh, what John has to say about refreshing their staff meetings. Hey, it's John here. I'm the executive pastor at Providence City in Perth. I've been doing a bit of thinking about our meetings recently At the end of last year, I felt like our staff meetings were starting to get a bit stale. I guess I wasn't putting enough time and energy into planning for them and organizing them. And it meant that each week we dutifully follow the instructions of the calendar when it told us to meet, but they were starting to get unfocused. And so over the summer break, I gave some time to thinking about our meetings. I wanted to start with a blank slate, uh, thinking from scratch, if we could put something in the calendar, what would it be? And I think the big question was, What are these meetings actually for? Why do we actually get our staff team together to meet? And so I came up with a bunch of answers to that question. This might be different for you, uh, particularly depending on the size of your staff team, but here's what I came up with for us. Uh, First of all, we meet to be disciples together, to pray, sit under God's word together. Uh, Before we can seek to lead others to be shepherds of God's people, we first need to be sheep following the chief shepherd. Uh, Secondly, We meet to spend time with each other to build the community of the staff team. And that might be a particular thing for us. Uh, We have a distributed workplace. We don't own a building that we all work out of. We largely work from home. And so that means we need some time in the week when we're just spending time together, getting to know each other, living life together. Uh, Thirdly, uh, we meet to get work done. So that's making decisions, solving problems, uh, think things with an agenda, ticking things off. Uh, communicating decisions that are being made elsewhere. A fourthly part of what we want meetings to achieve is some training and professional development, uh, growing the staff team. So whether that's uh, talking about a book that we're reading or discussing a paper or talking through a topic of theology or ministry 
ethics. At some point in the week or in, in the calendar, we want the team to be growing together. And then last but not least, this one's a little bit harder to put your finger on. We think that our staff teams need to communicate and reflect our values. And sometimes that's going to be explicit. So coming from the senior pastor, talking about who we are as a church, what we value and cherish, uh, where we're going, our vision. Uh, but also, even when it's not explicit, uh, our values will always be implied in uh, how we communicate with each other and the things that we think are important to talk about. So to give you one example, we have a, a value as a church that our staff and our volunteers should be loved and cared for, and they should know that they're loved and cared for. And so while we don't want our meetings to be meandering and, and waste people's time, we also don't want them to be so ruthlessly efficient that people come away from meetings feeling like they didn't get a chance to speak or, or weren't heard. Okay, that was really helpful to hear, uh, John, you know, John's five things. I just want to push into them, uh, Derek, and, and just hear your off-the-cuff uh, comments. Unscripted. Uh, unscripted. So the first one, we meet to be disciples together. Hmm. How, so like when, you were leading, you know, when you were leading Village Church, how, how important did you see your role as, you know, as discipling your staff team, discipling your apprentices, discipling your uh, team? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let me say two things on that. One is there's two different questions there. How important did I see it and how well Very. did I do it? Let's, let's leave the second one um, <laughs> because in terms of the importance for me, it was huge. It was huge. Um, I, I wanted, you know, as I want to grow as a disciple um, and I want my kids and you know, my wife to as well, um, I wanted the staff team. That was, that was what we were driving towards together to be Christ-like um, in our own lives, in community, as we were encouraging other people to do. So, yeah, we absolutely did want to invest in that and see that in people. And we know for, for ministry as well, character is king with this stuff. And so we wanted to work out how we encouraged each other on a weekly basis to pursue godliness and holiness and love and kindness and generosity, those kind of things. So, yeah, it was huge. The second point, we meet to build a community in the staff team. So he speaks about this concept of having a, a distributed workplace, as in, you know, mm. I think people are people are all over the place. How how do you, how can you build community well in, in a staff team? Yeah, there's all the there's I think it's little things rather than big things. So look, here's an insight into my um, um, bad marriage practices. I always want to fix things with big stuff. You know, I you know I want to plan a, a five day trip in. You know trekking through Tasmania just to you know spend time together is where Jacqueline actually just wants like that'd be nice but she also just wants that regular contact and connection and you know dinner together sometimes those oh, I'm happy for the big stuff Derek I just want you to know I'm happy for the big stuff so yeah, yeah. that's why you're always happy for the lavish the lavish, home. Yeah. The lavish um. <laughs> um but I think it is it is those constant so when you're in the same office it can be easier, although you still got to be delivered about because you're kind of rubbing shoulders with people. I know you guys in Sydney, I'm all the way up here in Brisbane by myself, <laughs> um, but you guys being in the same office, it is helpful because there's little um, valve releases that happen in relationships where you can uh, kind of sort things out quickly and connect well. And so, you know, John's saying they do have a distributed workplace. They didn't have a central place, central office. And so you do need to be more deliberate about that. And so it can be some things like Slack where you Slack a little bit to kind of share stuff. It is about taking time in staff meeting 
to connect and not just doing business as well, um, but working out things outside of, of those things, even whether it's a monthly dinner or something you have, um, yeah, that can be really important for connecting. It can also solve a whole bunch of problems in other areas um, by doing that. Well, what do you think? How do you do it? Oh, I, I think all those things, I think I think lunches are important. I think exercise is actually uh, where you get the opportunity to actually hear from each other and learn about each other are really important mm. as well. Uh, so, so creating those opportunities for people to actually uh, sh- share stuff that you wouldn't ordinarily uh, know. Yeah, I, it's interesting. Different personality types will um, lean into this much more. When I'm stressed, I pull away from that stuff mm. uh, because I just want to get stuff done. Is where I know when um, other members of the team who are different personality types than me, um, where they're stressed, they need more of that. Um, and so being aware of how we tick in that and finding a, a way in which to love each other well, um, yeah, is important. Yeah, and so, so one of the things, just distribute that sort of fun activity to the team so you do get a diversity. So that's just not um, always what you think is fun. Uh, is third thing, we meet to get work done. Really important, uh, you know, meetings, meetings are about seeing actions and, and accountability and uh, responsibility happening. So being clear with your agendas on actually uh, you know, annual meeting with your purposes on, on what you're seeking to achieve is, um, is really important. So um, fourth, we meet for training and professional development. How, um, how, how have you sought to, uh, to do that in, you know, regular staff meetings? There's a number of ways. I think that the helpful realisation for me is it doesn't always need to come from the top of this stuff. Um, like, I think we need to be thinking through what is a team we need to grow in and learn. Um, and I do, you know, I need to lead the way or you need to lead the way, depending on the context of what it is in your own church. Um, but it doesn't always need to be from the, from the kind of top down in that sense. I mm. think seeing the team um, and recognising there are things which we can learn from each other. Um, and so getting sometimes people from the outside, sometimes I might do it and sometimes the team does it as well. That's been really helpful. I oh, know you've you've seen us do that for a while. What have you found? Helpful? Yeah, well, I, I think actually having a slot where you have a longer period of time on a on a monthly basis uh, can be really important. So actually, you know, planning for it, you know, third third week of the month we're going to do a staff training piece. I've seen other churches, you know, it's it's a, it's a slot each week, you know, for half an hour, forty five minutes. And so there's that, that regular uh, staff training piece. Now, generally, that I've seen that with with staff teams that are larger that have you know a number of apprentices and interns, and so it becomes kind of the, you know, the regular ongoing activity. Uh, the other thing is, I think, you know, at your quarterlies, um, you know, team quarterlies or, you know, having having a slot where you bring someone in externally, um, you know, to, uh, to, to train and to, to teach as well. Uh, so you, you could argue as well that professional level, you know, it's got to be ongoing, um, but it doesn't necessarily have to take place in that meeting uh, as well. So... I remember when I was at Coopers and Lyra, we used to have a Wednesday sort of tax tip kind of lunch. And every every Wednesday, we'd have an hour of a, of a new area of tax law that had been released. Oh, that sounds great. Now, well, it was great. It was great because oh, the best. food the food was always amazing. So we, we, had this, we had this great kitchen. So so part of that for me was we always got a really good lunch. Um, and there was always 15 minutes of just hanging out and, and catch up. And then it was, you know, half an hour on a new area of tax law. Um, now... Again, I think that, that, that was really important in that job because the law was always changing and, uh, and it was really important. And again, it was distributed. You had partners all the way down to new tax and so on, you know, sharing ideas. And so, so there's, a, there's a real opportunity for development and growth. So that was excellent. 
Yeah, if, uh, can I ask if um, if staff team wanted staff teams across Australia wanted you to come in and share some tax tips with them, would you do that, Scott? <laughs> just thirty look, minutes each week. Happy to, happy to. Uh, now the last one: our staff meetings need to reflect our values. Uh, so you spoke about you know love and care being a value, uh, and and I, I think this is one that I find hard. I, I I guess I can be ruthlessly efficient sometimes. You know, I'm, I'm like, okay, we've got an hour. We just got to get through this meeting. You know, it happened just yesterday in a board meeting. Uh, you know, where I was like, okay, guys, we've only got an hour. There's lots to talk about. Let's get into it. And uh, help with the chair of the meeting went, hey, how, how's everyone going? <laughs> and we had a bit of a pause and, uh, you know, and pray for each other. Uh, but some, I guess that, that's a really helpful thing, building in capacity so you are present and there for those personality types who find it hard to be present is really important. I'm not looking at me. I'm looking at other people out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. That was, of, of all the ones that John said, and he said some really helpful things there, that was the one that most struck, struck me, actually. Um, they've, they've thoughtfully translated who it is they, they want to be, what values they put forward, and not just how it pushes out into the church, but how it pushes into the staff team. I, I thought that was really, really helpful. Okay. Now, we're going to hear again from, uh, from John. Uh, in this clip, he's going to be talking about the importance of purpose in his meetings. Now, if you put all that together, that's a lot. Uh, that's a whole lot of purposes, and you might be better at chairing meetings than I am, but that's not something that you can achieve all in one meeting. And so this year, we've actually ended up with a few different types of meetings in our calendar over the course of the school term. Uh, so firstly, uh, we have a regular meeting for prayer and praise, 30 minutes each week. Uh, open the Bible together, pray for one another and for the ministry. And we're really blessed to have some great musicians on our staff team. So they'll pick up a guitar and we'll sing a song or two together. Secondly, we have a dashboard meeting uh, once a week for 30 minutes. Uh, and this is short and sharp, just talking about uh, what's going on this week, uh, solving any problems that might have arisen. And we'll go around the whole team and talk about where we're up to with our, our goals or focus areas for each part of the ministry for this term. Uh, work out if we're on track or if there are things that need to be solved and just talk about uh, who's doing what this week. The other, uh, the, the other kind of bigger meetings that we have then are two offsites each term that are higher level, uh, a longer time, uh, the better part of a day away together at a different place from where we normally meet. That gives us a chance to uh, have morning tea and, and lunch together as a team to spend a bit more focused time um, doing that kind of professional development and learning to think theologically together, as well as uh, planning and setting goals, for what's coming up next. And then last but not least, we'll have focus meetings for a particular thing. Uh, so if we have a particular area of the ministry that we need to talk about to solve a problem or, or make a plan, work out what we're going to do, then we'll have a meeting and we'll just invite the people who are relevant to that particular uh, part of the ministry. And that will try and be uh, quite focused. So rather than having a meeting with an agenda that says membership course, it'll say something like brainstorm ideas for what we should include in the membership course or make the decision on what's going to be in the course. Because if we're uh, clear in our agenda what the outcome that we intend for the meeting is, uh, then hopefully when we get there, we're all on the same page and we'll know if we've uh, achieved what we wanted to achieve at the end. Well, that's what we're trying this year. We've um, wiped the slate clean uh, and uh, tried to refresh the way we do our meetings. I hope that's helpful for you too. So John talks about uh, different types of meetings. Uh, so uh, the first one, prayer and praise, uh, 30 minutes weekly, including uh, singing. Yep. 
I look when it was just me on the staff team. I used to do that all the time, <laughs> and I used to love that. Now, um, again, it, that, that's part of the values. Um, you know, yeah, they uh, we, we're we're a worshiping. You know, we are, ought to be a worshiping people, which works itself out in all of life, uh, mm. not just singing. Uh, but I think you know by by doing it and exhibiting staff meeting, it says you know we value we value this aspect of our church life together. So value opening up God's word, value opening up um, you know being. Uh, uh, together praying you know praying together as, as a staff team but also singing as well so i've been to a number of you know staff meetings when they where they have cracked out the uh guitar and singing. and they're, they're rich they're rich times mm. uh, yep. of, uh, of of community uh and uh and care uh next one a, a dashboard so a 30 minute weekly uh dashboard meeting yeah, so and that's just checking in, uh, like some of the questions that Ray asked in the last episode. Uh, they're checking in on some of the things that are, are key and core to the, the vision and mission of Providence, and they're just checking how they're going with that, seeing if there's any blockages. It's nice hearing the tone of that from John as well. This is not about, you now we have to hit this metric. This is about us together. Are there problems? Are there things we need to address together in order to keep moving forward? Um, and all the dashboard board does for that is just help you assess what other things we're asking questions on? I thought that was a really good time. Uh, again, pushing to those high-level outcomes, you know, m- making sure that it's, you know, big picture, we're on about making mature disciples, but then pushing into the detail. Uh, there, there's a real opportunity to create ownership for the whole thing, having a goal that's big enough that, you know, everyone needs to jump in, but then owning it individually. And I think as a leader, what you want to be doing in that meeting as well is creating opportunity to have each other, you know, gently, carefully speak into each other's areas and, uh, and, and create a culture of saying, hey, look, you know, ministry, uh, you know, the serve area is not going well at the moment. That's my responsibility. We're not raising up leaders. What what can we be doing, you know, to do that? So actually you modelling, uh, getting feedback and, and modelling, uh, you know, working with a team. On that one as well, it, just very quickly, the weekly thing actually helps to make it not so confronting for you if things aren't going well because it's slight course, course correction. If you're every term, if you just check back in, things can go very awry in 90 days. But if you're doing it weekly, you can start to see that slow you know, drift and help course correct much earlier than you can if you do it on a 90-day yeah. basis. Don't, don't forget to celebrate too in that, you know, like there's opportunities, I reckon, for regular celebrations uh, to sort of say, hey, we, we hit that goal or uh, mm. we're doing well. Okay, two, two offsets, uh, offsites per term. Um, so that, that's really interesting. You know, I'd encourage a lot of, you know, a lot of churches to have a quarterly uh, offsite or a, a quarterly day, but they do two offsites. Uh, where they spend most of the day, including eating together, in professional development, planning, and goal setting. Mm, that's a big investment, isn't it? I love it. That's a good investment because um, you get so busy, you think I can't spare two days a term to do that. Like that would be, uh, is, but you're really valuing um, each other in that. You're valuing the discipleship aspect of the team. And you're saying, actually, we need to keep working out how we get to where we're going. So spending time developing ourselves, I just think that's a great investment. I think it's important. This is what John's worked out. You need to work out what's worked out, you know, works out in your context as well. So I think when you've got a distributed team and you're not spending a lot of uh, time together, you do need to be a bit more deliberate about uh, about when you gather. Um, and so that, that's what, you know, I think this allows for potentially why they've got, you know, say more than more than one there. And they've okay. got a complex setup as well, don't they? Like they've got a number of campuses spread around. So those times together are important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last one there, focus meetings for a particular problem or plan. So one of the, you know, one of the big issues with, with, with any sort of meetings 
is that you kind of get stuck into a topic area, you know, that gets landed on the table, you know, someone kind of throws the bomb out and then you spend a heap of your time discussing it with actually no structure, no plan, not asking the right questions. Before you know it, you've wasted kind of 35 minutes and you haven't decided anything. No one's any clearer or wiser. So actually realising, okay, that, you know, once we've kind of got five, 10 minutes into it, that's a really important discussion. You know, assigning responsibility to someone, getting them to actually think into it and say, okay, we're going to come back to that and we're going to, you know, we're going to give it the time it needs. It actually needs two hours at our, our next offsite or it's a bigger problem. We need to go away as a leadership team, you know, first to work it out and then and then bring it back is really important. Um, the other, the other, you know, the other sort of focus meetings that the opportunity to brainstorm uh, and the opportunity to sort of make a plan. I like how he's kind of got those sort of two frames. People know know they're coming to sort of come up with ideas. So for your your high J types who like to be prepared, you know, they can be prepared by being unprepared, and 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 that's their preparation, and they can feel comfortable and settled with themselves. For the the high P types who who love the flexibility, mate, it's just it's just game on. Like it is always for them. They can just come in there. They can just be 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 who they are. Um, so being you know being aware of that and actually saying this is what this meeting is for. But then I think helpful to have that make a plan for. It. At the end of this meeting, we you know we want to have this outcome, um, and we're kind of not leaving the room until we get there. So at the end of that meeting, it's really important to to stop and say, okay, what have we decided? What are the next action points? Hear from the room what's been decided as well, so that you go away you know with a real clear uh, you know plan for the next steps. Yep. Now I just wanted to sort of push in at the end there, you know, talking to a, a former senior pastor, um, how. How do senior pastors sort of sabotage meetings? Um, you know, what are the particular things, uh, you know, that leaders do often to, uh, to sabotage meetings for, for their team? You know, it's part of, I want to kind of look across at Tom and go, you know, what does Derek do? No, I mean, what do, what do I do regularly oh. to sabotage meetings? And he's looking, he's ready. Hopefully he doesn't have a microphone uh, so you can't hear him. But I've, And he doesn't have a video either, so he can't even see the faces. He does edit. He can edit in later. He but can anyway. edit. Um, so I've, I've got sort of four things here that I think uh, you can do, but um, Derek, what do I do regularly to sabotage meetings? <laughs> well, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to pick on you because I think I do the same things as well. But the, I think the reality is when you, you're leading a church or you're leading a staff team, um, you are juggling a whole number of things. Mm. Um, and so often you will be seeing sometimes things that other people aren't seeing or feeling pressures they're not feeling. And you bring that to a staff meeting. Um, and this might be the only time actually during the week that you have the people who you need to help you make this decision in the room together. Um, and so you will, there'll be an agenda that's been sent out two days beforehand. Um, it's clearly articulated. Does anyone want to have input on it? No one says anything. You get to the staff meeting and the senior has something which has been brewing and may only have been brewing the last few hours or the last 24 hours. And they need that solved then and they hijack the meeting. Um, so... So yeah, don't be a ter- don't be a meeting terrorist. Don't hijack your meetings. That's a really uh, that's a really a really good one. Yes, but but I'd say but you do need to leave space for that kind of thing if you're the team. Like there needs to be an understanding that that, that needs to happen. But a senior needs to be aware of the impact they can have on everyone else's agendas and the things they want to talk about because they will nearly always be the loudest voice in the room and have the authority to dominate that conversation. Um, so, so so really really helpful one on the hijack. Maybe you you follow good standard practice let's put a pin in that let's come to that 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 back one a recognition of of your power you know your power your voice being being strong so so working hard not to speak and to actually allow others um others to speak in the meeting 
and I, and I think a key a key role in that as a leader is actually to understand where where different personalities and where people are at. So so giving the people time who need to see the big picture to go away and do the big picture and then come prepared for the meeting. For those who like to brainstorm, you know, pausing them regularly so that other people can actually get a word in um, edgeways. I, I think we sabotage meetings often by not being clear about their purpose. So I think that's a really helpful thing about John's sort of discussion above is that they've got a real clear agenda for what they're trying to do in their meetings. This is what we're on about this week. Um, but what I want to say in that is there are going to be a bunch of people who are going to find that frustrating. They want to do something new. They're going to be agitated. Uh, they, they're going to go, oh, not another boring meeting. Uh, so I reckon the leader has to give, give and pay attention to how do you regularly do the hygiene habits, you know, making sure minutes are going out, making sure agendas are clear and actually being accountable and following people up um, yep. so that people know when they come to the meeting, you know, this is important. And so that's the another, I think, big way that leaders sabotage meetings is they don't stick to the systems that they put in place. So build a system, stick to it. I'm looking at me, Derek. I'm not looking at you. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Well, Scott, seeing as you've got a lot to say on this topic, let me ask you, what is the one thing then you would want to say about staff meetings. Now you need to sum up both parts, part one and part two. What's the one thing you want to say about staff meetings? Uh, be purposeful about your staff meetings. That's good. Oh, that's good. Excellent. All right. Uh, what is in the toolbox today, Scott? So again, we've probably mentioned this book a few times, but Lencioni has written lots of books on, on meetings and, and teams that are really helpful. So Death by Meeting, really helpful book. If you're short for time, go right to the back and, and just read the sort of four or five different uh, types of meetings rather than reading all the narrative. Uh, that, that would be my short tip if you just want to get it or pull down a, you know, pull down a PDF on it. Uh, I think one of the things you ought to be doing is actually review your meetings. So I want, I want your leader, I'm talking, busy leader out there, I'm talking to you, write down all the meetings that you've got, uh, review them and probably use death by a meeting as a way to sort of identify, well, what is this sort of a meeting? And, and then assess if it's actually being effective at achieving that purpose. So do that hygiene uh, thing and actually look at your meetings. The last one is there's a book called the, the Five Dysfunctions of the Team Field Guide. That has a number of exercises that, that push into uh, the five dysfunctions and how you can actually bring them out. So I reckon that's just a really helpful book. If you're looking for ideas uh, to build trust, to build accountability, uh, you know, if, if that's the issue in your team, then jump in that book for some some key ideas to, you know, to work into those spaces. Mm. Yep, that's good. Well, uh, listen, if you're looking for more information on this, uh, we've got an episode 118. Have we really done that many? 118. Uh, Run better. This is online meetings. So you can go back to episode 118. Pretty sure that's with Gus too. Hmm. Is that right? Gus yeah, yeah. McCout. Excellent. Well, uh, here's the second one you can have a look. Well, we're going to plug today. There's a new podcast out. Uh, Patty Ben, um, who works at Sydney University. Students. Yeah, Sydney University, Evangelical Students with AFES. Uh, he's doing amazing work there. And their whole team is doing amazing work there. They started a new podcast to engage uh, next generation leaders thinking through ministry and uh, the why is it. Uh, the why question of why we should give our life to this and why we should consider that. It's called the Aspire Podcast. So any of your 
podcasting apps. You can go on and have a look at that. Uh, two more. Listen, I was encouraged. I've been contacted by a few people after we did the session on Measure What Matters and OKRs. Um, talking about how to do it in their church. So I'm going to put an offer out there. If we can get 10 people who want to um, talk this through about how they do it in their church, uh, then we'll get on uh, Zoom uh, in the next uh, month or so. And we how can will, they uh, how can they contact? So email email uh, Tom at reachaustralia.com.au. Tom at reachaustralia.com.au, and uh, we'll get a we'll get a learning lab up for yep. it. Yep. Yep. Uh, just to kick them off because I realise it's okay. Are then hey. Okay, ah, nice one. Uh, anyway, here you go. Come to the Reach Australia Conference, last one. Nine state hubs, 18th and 19th, 18th and 19th May 2021. Includes meals, live music, and singing, if we can do it in each location. Our prayer is that that'll be available. But go to reachaustralia.com.au to get your ticket. Uh, come together after a year of being apart uh, and have a vision again for how it is we reach what is a broken world and a broken country. Uh, with the good news of Jesus um, and catch a vision for that. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.